Welcome to the Honest Business Podcast. This is the show for ambitious, value-driven business owners who are actively building a business that works for them. Hi, I'm Mae James, and I'm here to make scaling your business easier and more rewarding than ever. Each week, we will dive into simple, sustainable strategy and pragmatic leadership discussion to support you as you take imperfect action on your entrepreneurial journey. If you want to stay ahead, exceed your growth goals, and have a purposeful, thriving business, then keep on listening. Hello and welcome to the Honest Business Podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. This episode, I think, is going to be very helpful and useful. So as always, we're going to dive straight in. Here are 21 trend predictions for the rest of 2022. (laughs) Now, this could be fun, right? Because this year has been interesting and wild for many businesses. We are in a very funny time in the UK and around the world. And so I think this episode, I wanted to record this because I believe it'll be very useful. And I'm going to just go into some context before I start getting into them. So in case this is the first episode you are tuning into, or whether it is that you're a regular listener, but you're maybe not aware, part of my role, I do trend forecasting and I look at trends and I analyse them and we work through them. And that's partly just to do with my role that I help where I'm helping founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders to be always ahead of the game. So part of my role as a consultant and an advisor to them is to, you know, ensure that I always know what's going on in the market and be able to create strategy that leans into that, that supports that, that benefits that. To I'm often, you know, helping people to be ahead of the curve and we often do do that. It's not always possible, but a lot of the time we are. And so I thought, why not pull open the curtain and give you guys some, so you know, give you what I'm giving to others. So yeah, we have like a, I have a long list of of things depending on the industry and and the market of of a client. So I've pulled out today 21 of my trend predictions that I think are potentially most useful and apply to the most businesses because I know that we've got a variety of industries and listeners and um, this is very much the ones today we're going to talk about are for business overall but more so for online business because I know that we have listeners around the world and the online business industry trends tend to be quite similar across the board there are nuances but it, it tends to kind of fit for both so that is where we're going today disclaimer these are obviously not fact these are my predictions this is things that from various data sources and using my knowledge and experience and expertise that I've come up with so please (laughs) take all this with a pinch of salt can't speak you know some of these may not happen these may not be trends some of these already are happening so some of them you will listen to and be like oh well I think that's already happening and the answer is probably yes but the trend prediction part of it is to what extent is it going to go in or is it going to continue and yeah I mean it maybe is interesting maybe we can review them at the end of the year and see if I was right or not but I tend to be very good (laughs) um I tend to be quite bang on with a lot of these as I said it's kind of part of my job so you'd hope I would be okay so let's go number one of my trend prediction for the rest of 2022 is personal founder accounts so this is not necessarily about personal brand, although it it can be in some cases. What I mean by this is it's going to see, and we are seeing, but there's going to be a much bigger push on it, I think, of 
the founder of a brand having their own social media. Now that might be for personal use, it might be for them to build out their personal brand, and it might be a mix of both. But I think you're going to see a lot more differentiation between two. So for example, and this is something I have in terms of we have May James, which is the brand, and it is a business account. We then got May James BTS, which stands for behind the scenes, which is a more personal account. Now for me, that's being created because I want to use it for some other stuff, which we haven't yet got there yet. <laughs> but that's just to do with passions outside of May James as a business. Some people, as I say, are using personal founder accounts strategically as a kind of process of they want to mirror content and see different pieces of content and they're going to start measuring that. And it's a very interesting thing that's going on and it, it works. So there's that element. But as I say, in terms of personal founder accounts, there's about four different strategies that I'm seeing that I have various people using that's working. I am not saying do that yourself. I think depending on where your business is at, it can be an absolute disastrous idea and it's not a good one and it can be extremely time consuming and confusing for people. And yeah, there's all sorts of issues with it. But I think if you are at a point in your business where it makes sense to, or you have a pull for it, or you have a specific reason. So for instance, like I do, you know, I purposely chose to do it because we've got a a reason which is not yet kind of, I haven't yet disclosed and it's out of the world. But um, yeah, that's why you will see more and more people, I believe. And we could do, I could do a whole episode on that. So if anyone is interested in this rise of personal founder accounts and what I think of them and how to utilize them if you do want to do it, then we could do that. Reach out and drop me a message on Instagram or LinkedIn or you can email. Number two, people are going to switch from using the word coach, in my opinion. So if you're in the online space, maybe you are a coach. Um, I think the word coach is going to start transitioning into other things. This always happens. It'll come back around and people will start using coach again. But I think you're going to see a lot more things like mentor, guide, you know, consultant, I think, will come up. Advisor might come up. There's a lot of different, I mean, there's endless amounts of what they could say, but I think people are, you know, wanting to switch things up and wanting to change, and people feel like coach, well, people are bored of it, right? And so when people get bored, they think they need to switch things up, and I don't necessarily think they need to, um, because I, let's give you some insight into this, actually. So, for example, I don't really call myself a coach, because my work that I do with clients isn't doesn't necessarily come from a coaching capacity. There's elements that do, but a lot of it is strategist. So I'll say strategist or consultant or advisor. And the reason I say that is because sometimes I'm making decisions for people or I'm physically doing the strategy in a done-for-you capacity or I'm giving them a step-by-step to-do that isn't really coaching. Coaching is about, you know, guiding the person to something and helping them find the answer within themselves. And that's not what I do sometimes. It is, you know, part of a call, maybe that, but a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is like really in-depth, you know, me coming up with it because they're like, you're the expert, like, what do I do? Now, I'm not saying either is better than the other. It isn't. I tend to go with the word strategist, consultant, advisor, um, yeah, those are kind of the ones I go with, but because of how I facilitate, 
However, what is interesting and what I want to raise here as a point is if you are considering switching from coach to mentor or coach to something else, think about what your clients actually call you. Because although I don't call myself a coach, I can guarantee you, I think for me, 95%, if not 100% of my clients will say May is my business coach or May is a business coach or May coaches people or May, you know, if you want a coach, go and see May. And that's a really interesting thing, right? Because there's this whole ego trip, I think, where people are going down the idea of calling themselves a mentor. But what's actually really kind of going on is like the people who actually buy your stuff don't, one, they don't care, to be honest. But two, they don't, you know, maybe vibe with consultant because they don't see themselves as having a big enough business to have a consultant or they don't understand what a consultant does. And so it might be that, it's actually better that you call yourself a coach. Like sometimes I often think it would be better for me to just say I'm a coach because people are really becoming aware and understand what a coach is, which is amazing because years ago, nobody got what that was. Like people were like, what on earth do you mean? And would laugh at you. So that's just a point where I wanted to lie in there in case you are debating, like switching up how you refer to yourself. Just think about your clients and what are your what are the people who actually are going to buy your stuff want to call you? Because it might be very different from what you kind of think is what you should be doing. Number three, and I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I'm enjoying being here with you. Number three is that we're going to see a lot more businesses close. We just are. And that's sad. And it's not great. But we are going to see a lot more people businesses close. And in turn, we're going to see a lot of people disappointed, confused, feel a bit burnt, feel a bit confused by like, you know, like what they should be doing. And they're going to feel like a loss aversion. So the reason I brought this up and I think so key is because in the online business space, there is going to be a mass, well, there is a mass exit. I'm sure you, if you're listening to this, you might know someone either in your network who was had a business and doesn't now or has taken a break or a step back um you know it's becoming very popular and it's only going to get more and more popular and what often happens is these people just disappear out of nowhere and they put an instagram up and they'll say like back you know maybe back later or whatever like some kind of thing and everybody's allowed to do whatever they need to do for themselves so this isn't like a bashing thing or saying that you shouldn't leave i'm just saying this is a trend that's going to happen And for those of you who are making investments, that might mean you become a bit, like, not scared, but you get a bit like, oh, this is weird, because how do I know they're going to still be here? How do I know I'm going to spend, like, five grand with someone, or ten grand, or fifty grand, or hundred grand, and, like, they're not just going to randomly disappear and up sticks? Like, that's a a real worry, and I'm going to do an episode on that, because I think it's really important, because there are a few things you can look out for. I don't want to say red flags, because that's not I don't want to demonise this idea that people are leaving because it's not a bad thing and inevitably people do leave. Like, that's something we can have a conversation about someday. Of Like, a lot of people in this space, even if they've got a seven, eight-figure, nine-figure business, only ever intend to do this type of business for five to ten-year period if they even get to ten years. Like, a lot of people are like, no, I'm going to go in, make the money they need to make and get out. That's just me being totally brutally honest. But... I raise this point to say that we're going to see more businesses close. Some people will choose to from a founder perspective. Some people are going to choose to because they just want to do something else. 
some people will have no choice and will go bankrupt. Some people will have no choice and just have to close because it's too damaging on their mental health, etc. Um, that is a trend that is definitely going to be around. Number four, um, this kind of excites me, if I'm honest, which it maybe shouldn't, but people are going to have to learn how to sell and stop running away from it. This is a trend, this is going to be massive. Like, sales skills is the difference between people coming out of this situation, and I'm not calling it a recession because as of recording this in June, we are not officially in a recession, and I don't wish to... Yeah, I, I just not into fear-mongering and scaring, but I, regardless of whether we end up in one, there is going to be some kind of an event, and we don't know the period of time. Many people are going to tell you they know, they don't. Um, but during this bizarre world we're living in, um, sales skills are going to become more and more valuable and needed and important. And so it's going to really separate the kind of, I don't know what that analogy is. I was going to say the muck from the trees, but that's not the analogy, is it? <laughs> Someone, you're going to be laughing if you listen to this and you know that I do this all the time. If you don't know, I'm severely dyslexic. So my, <laughs> just doing funny things like that happens all the time. But you know, the, the wood for the trees, that's what it is. Salt and the wood from the trees. You know, it's really going to separate people who can sell and who can't, who can have difficult conversations, who can't, who can have really useful conversations and who can't because that's what sales skills is it's all about that it's not about you just selling something and making money it's about how can you communicate communication is going to be so so important and it's only going to get more so number five this is about coaching programs or just programs in general and learning you know training that kind of thing this idea of having guest workshops and mentors is going to shift. So what we used to have is this space where you maybe have a six-month program and there'd be a monthly guest expert session. Those are going to change. I think they're just going to completely go away, if I'm honest with you. I think resident mentors and resident, you know, guest people are going to stay. So if someone has is a mindset coach, has a mindset program, but then has a business coach and an operations expert and a this person and that person, they're probably going to stay and they'll hang on a bit longer. But in terms of people doing one-off guest sessions inside of programs, I personally think they're going to fizzle out because people want just specific targeted support and they want to pay for something and then just get it and go. And we're already seeing this, you know, and so if someone's bought like a program on mindset, a lot of the time they're not actually interested in learning about Pinterest. They just aren't. And so I think this, I'm going to come on to this in further down the line, but this idea of personalization and depth is really key. And I think we're going to see a lot less guest workshops. I think free ones will still come up in terms of free guests. If people have got communities and obviously like memberships, I can see that still continuing. But in terms of like massive group programs where there's like guest workshop things on sales pages and stuff, that's going to get a lot less. Leading on to that, I also believe and predict that number six, we are going to have less people wanting to do massive group programs. So the days, and this has already been going on for the last like year, this has really started to kind of scale back, but I think we're going to see it on a big, big scale. So the, the days of having like a thousand, three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand people in like a challenge, a program of this, of that, I think people are just sick of them and bored of them. And people 
you know, want this personalization and want this like intimate experience, which, you know, people say and claim that they can do with thousands, but like really it is tough. Like you can't. And that's not about bashing the person who does it. It's just, it is what it is, right? Um, And so I think you're going to have less people wanting to do them. Is that me saying that by the end of the year, you're not going to have massive group programs? No, I'm just saying that it's going to be harder to get people in them. The sales skills required is going to be harder. And actually, when you look at people who are doing it really well in terms of getting these group programs, what they're realizing is they got to focus on the sales skills, which is what I was saying earlier. Like, all of this is going to come back to who can sell and who can't. Because if you then have a really decent sales team, getting people in a big group program is going to be a hell of a lot easier. So that is kind of a... Number six is definitely an interesting one and I think something we're going to see a a shift for. Number seven is all about more done-for-you demand and this is, you know, definitely here and is definitely going to continue to get even bigger. So people have you know, a lot of people in business have learned a lot of the knowledge, but they can't actually do it. They can't implement it. They can't, they don't know the next steps. So a lot of people have listened to hell of a lot of podcasts or loads of books or done this or done that and done all the free workshops. No one's actually implementing. And so people want and need people to implement for them or people to help them go through that process. So if you are a done for you service provider, this is great news for you. You really need to focus on your market and and really like if you're not fully booked, get fully booked because this is going to, you know, it's so possible for you and people are really understanding the investment of team now more than ever. Like people are seeing that, yes, you need strategy, but once you've got the strategy, if you haven't got someone to help you implement, it's kind of difficult, you know, like it ends up being a pointless exercise in some instances. Number eight, people are going to want more one-to-one support so if you are a coach I really truly believe that people want one-to-one they want to and that's not that they want your one-to-one coaching package that's six months long that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that they want a one-to-one touch point you can facilitate that in many different forms I'm not saying it has to be only in a one-to-one and it can't be in a one-to-many kind of format but it has to you know, it has to, it's got it. people want, 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 and they want real life experiences. This is the other thing I think. I think this is going to get much bigger of this idea of people want to meet in person. They want to see people. They want to see them in the flesh. They understand the power that, yes, Zoom's great, but like, what can we do outside of that? And what is possible? And we've tested that and as a business. And, you know, I've seen firsthand, like, it is transformational when you do stuff in person. It sounds bizarre. It sounds like it shouldn't make sense, but it really does. And so that is going to be a big trend. Uh, Number nine, there is going to be a big rise in agency style business models. Obviously, there's already thousands and millions probably of agencies in the world, but agency models are going to continue to grow. Similar to kind of what I'm saying about done for you demand. The one thing's going to be interesting, though, with agency models is, yes, there's going to be more agencies, but there's going to be a lot of them who don't do very well, in my opinion, because the problem with agencies and typical agencies is still going to exist, and it's going to mean that the cream's really going to rise to the top as to who is able to deliver, because, yes, agency-style business models, I think, are going to increase, but I also think that Like, I wouldn't worry if you have a business, if you have an agency, I wouldn't necessarily worry about it. 
I just think you need to make sure your delivery is like on point. Your offer is key. Your promise is key. And what the results that you create as an agency are really clear because there's going to be a lot of people starting them, but they don't last very long and they're not really that great in my opinion, but we shall see on that one. (laughs) Some of you might be like, really? That's quite negative. But I just, yeah, we've already seen this. Like there's a lot of people trying to do it and it just doesn't, a lot of people are not really hitting the mark with it. Number 10, low cost offers are going to get, you know, more common. So I think this idea of of selling a low ticket thing is really going to just expand into what it more than it already is, which is great. That's fine. But obviously the back end of that is going to be that people are going to lack implementation and they're going to lack long term transformation. And this is something that we just go round and round cyclical cycles in this industry with because we go through phases where it's like, we need to learn, we need to do this, we need to implement, then we need to do this, and then we need to do that. And like, people just don't get anywhere. So as much as selling low ticket stuff is great, I think you need to be really intentional about what it is you're selling and making sure it has a start and an end point and making sure that it has a clear journey for a client. Because if not, you just end up with people buying stuff. And that might be great for you right now, but in terms of the long-term longevity of that client, it can be limited if they buy something from you and then feel like, oh, that was just a PDF and that was great. Or that was just this thing and it hasn't really hit the mark. Again, this is all about program design. It's all about offer design. It's also all about making sure what you're doing is just top-notch. Hopefully you can see a theme here. Number 11, LinkedIn is going to continue to rise. A bit more people are going to start making content on LinkedIn. And I believe you're going to see everybody who you normally see on Instagram (laughs) over there. What will be really interesting is to see who can adapt and who doesn't and who kind of leans into that. But LinkedIn is definitely going to be more of a feature for many online business owners. And I'm going to leave it at that for now. Number 12, let's talk about TikTok. So I do think the TikTok whole reach and opportunity that's available on there is going to decrease massively by December. I think, you know, it it already has now from whenever you look back and think about where it was at. I still think, you know, there's so much potential with TikTok, but I think if you're going to wait to do it until December, I think you're going to really struggle because if you want to use it as a real inbound marketing tool and you want to use it as an opportunity for you to really build your brand in a way that you can talk directly to consumer if that is on your like strategy plan, I'd really pull it forward. If it's like, we're not going to execute until December, I'd really recommend you go, go, go now because that is not, that window for opportunity is is already declining. But I think there's still plenty of time, but I'm not convinced by December that's going to be the same story. Number 13, I think there's going to be, well, let's just talk about marketing and branding. So in... I mean, we've been talking about that the whole time, but (laughs) I think there's going to be even less branded marketing going around. So what I mean by that is UGC content is going to continue to fly, which I mean by that is user-generated content. Often we think about UGC content only for product-based businesses because it works immensely great for them. But it's also about service-based businesses and it's also about well let's separate we're not just talking about UGC content here but that was just an example for you to think about the other the kind of what I'm trying to say about this is less so you know Instagram just having like logos slapped on things and having like a flat 
image that's just not going to work anymore. People are interested in founders, are interested in the team, are interested in people who run businesses, are interested in hearing about what is going on in businesses. And they want to see reality. They want to see raw stripped back things. They want to see the founder come on and say, hey, this thing's available to buy. This is why we're doing it. Blah, 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 blah. Selling them it rather than like some flat image that's branded to the hilt. And it's just, it's just a switch off for people. And that's going to get much bigger. I think this curation of Instagram is going to really disappear. And this whole thing about having this like real massively edited and aspirationalized market is going to, I'm not saying it's going to disappear because there's always a space and time for it, but I think it's going to be a lot more about still being aspirational, but it's about who has actually got it. So like people say this to me a lot, and this is why like, I think it's really important to to say so I always like model our brand but the brand is like instead of me so just for context for anyone who doesn't know the brand May James as a brand you know some people would say it is aspirational and some people would say it's luxury and it's well it is a luxury brand but we don't necessarily say it's a luxury brand or we don't necessarily have like imagery even that is typically of that we we can do and sometimes it might do but what I'm trying to indicate here is it's about the smaller things it's about what can people see in my background when I'm talking to them is it like a certain candle that they associate with a luxury brand is it that it's the you know the hotel that I'm in and does the interiors of that kind of match the brand these real small it's it's about like three degrees from the actual main asset is what I'm trying to say to you and people want that raw reality but if they see the raw reality of that but then I'm in my car going to dinner at like 1pm on a Wednesday it's that juxtaposition that's really gonna get people to feel it they feel the brand then right they're like she's really genuine and honest and normal but she also has this lifestyle thing that I want i.e she wants the want to go out for lunch on a Wednesday at 1pm that to me is where if you can create that through your brand, and I'm only using luxury as an example because that applies to me, but you know, whatever your brand is, if you can start finding ways to do that in a real kind of soft way, I think that's gonna speak way more volumes than anything else. Like just huge, huge, hugely, because it, it just allows people to know that what you're saying is real. Like people who scroll on Instagram, they're not really believing all these businesses that say, we're a luxury business, we're high end, we're this, we're that. But all it is is like a load of stock images that they found and like the person that then speaks to them is not, like it doesn't match, you know? Like it has to make sense to the brand. And I think at the minute there's a lot of like disconnection there and people, it just doesn't make sense. And so that's why I'm suggesting to you to really think about how can you be really kind of raw and maybe unbranded, but then how do you make sure that your brand has elements in it? And that's where I would kind of go with that. Okay, number 14 is paid activation events for launches. Let's talk about this. So what I mean by that is like, you know, like a challenge or a workshop or some kind of like email series or some kind of thing that people do to launch a product or service as in like a coaching program or something. 
what is going to happen with those is they're going to turn into paid things and they already have they've existed as paid for years so it's not like i'm saying anything new here by the way this whole episode not really saying anything new it's just about pulling out what you might want to look at or focus on or think about those i think are definitely going to become like paid experiences because one people are realizing they can make a bit of money off them which is great because it means that you know they can get their ads ad spend back which at the minute you know is like a complete wild west so if people are using ads anything that they can claw back in some sense is great it also that people are seeing that you know if people pay for something they pay attention and that does you know i really believe in that it does work and they're also seeing that people are not interested in people are not interested in free stuff anymore and i know that sounds really bizarre but like for me, for example, like I can't tell you the last time I signed up something free. Like I just can't. And it's not like I've got anything to get. It's not like I'm like, oh, I won't have anything that's free. Not at all. It's just my brain is so conditioned to just be like scrolling on past, scrolling on past. So this idea of paid activation events, I think, is gonna really get bigger. Um, whether that's a twenty-seven pound fee, whether it's a hundred pound, ninety-seven pound, it's not gonna be huge. I don't think people, you know, people are not gonna start charging extreme amounts but I think that you're going to see that as a kind of trend a lot more and people still then opening their launch and selling within that number 15 genuinely genu- generally god I can't speak again across the board businesses are going to start changing up their models kind of like you know what happened with covid when everyone was pivoting this is going to happen again I think in in terms of like especially businesses that have been going for like three plus years People are going to start shifting, changing. And I'm not saying they're doing like a whole 360. I'm just saying there's going to be this kind of like different approach, changing up messaging, changing up brands, really kind of realigning with where they've got to, which is great and good. And I think it's important. It's also, I don't know. It's, I know many of you who listen to this might think I'm a very cynical person because um, I'm very realistic and just a bit blunt. But we're also going to see a lot of people who followed a trend who now aren't in trend who are then going to have to deal with that or who followed the it coach of the moment that was three years ago and now isn't and now is going to go after the next one like that kind of thing is going to be very prominent and you're probably going to see it and spot it and be like ah yeah may said that you can see you'll be able to like see it from a mile off Number 16, more personalization than ever before is going to be wanted. That has been the case for the last, what, five years? But it is continuing, it's not going anywhere. So if you're considering things around personalization, I think that's really key. Whether that's even as a product-based business, I think that's still space. Not necessarily, you know, having someone's initials on something, although that can work. It's It needs to be deeper than that now and more. So it's more like, you know, if you have a printing business, can you create some kind of emotional connection with somebody? For example, I've seen an amazing person on TikTok who does, um, she's an artist, I think, slash photographer, editor, that sort of thing. And, you know, creates these amazing pictures of people's loved ones who are no longer with them and can create like a I don't know if someone's got a wedding they can use an old photo and they can photoshop them in and they can make it look amazing and they make you know do all the bits and pieces they need to do for it to look good that kind of level of personalization that depth that like insane amount of emotional connection you can get someone is an absolute gold mine for business at the minute if you can do that in a business it's it's incredible so that kind of thing's really heavy and, and amazing and like so much opportunity with but also in terms of when I say personalization, I'm also talking about 
people who want certain packages or people who want things a certain way like that's only gonna get bigger and bigger because everybody's constraints are getting more and more intense and so when we look at a market we've got to think about well how's this gonna go it's not gonna go the other way people are not gonna want generalized stuff they just want more personalized stuff and so I think this is a really important one Number 17, I hope you're still with me. I'm trying to rattle through these as quickly as possible, but also given a bit of context, because I just think that's, you know, helpful. Program guarantees are going to become really big to add a layer of security. So what I mean by that is like coaching programs, training things, even like um, done for you services often as well, they're going to become, like people are going to have guarantees with them. So people are going to be more into like, saying you will definitely sign three clients if not you get your money back or we'll add 10 grand a month to your monthly recurring revenue and if we don't then we'll stay with you and work with you for free until you do that kind of vibe I think is going to be really huge even from a product perspective of you know this jacket is supposed to last you for three years so if it doesn't we'll we'll give you it you know send you another one for free I think that kind of level of guarantee is going to help because people are going to want security, right? Especially if we go into this huge massive recession that people are saying about. And again, I don't want to go into it because people have been saying we're going to do this since COVID. I'm I'm not stupid and I'm not saying that we're not. I'm just saying I think it's very important to be careful with people's mental health and scaremongering and, and things like that. I'm not, I'm not into, but yeah, adding layers of security from a buyer's perspective it's definitely going to happen. The thing with that you're going to have to be really careful is from a business perspective, you need to cover your back, you need to make sure it makes sense, you need to really look at it and understand why you're offering program guarantees and do you even need to do it. There's many things you can do to add security to the buying process and to the offer itself that isn't given a guarantee. So I'm not saying I'm against them, I think they can be great. I'm just think I'm just saying you need to weigh up and make it specific to you and your business and where you're at. Number 18. We're listening to a podcast right now. I am also here to say the good news is I think podcasts are here to stay. Podcasts, you know, have been on the growth for go growth. Have been on the go for years and years and years, and they've been on you know growing. And I think they're going to continue to stick around. I really just think that long form content there's still a place for it, and they always will be a place for it. We love TikTok, you know, we love that short hit, we love the reels and the stories and all the rest of it, but long form content's important and I think a podcast is the way forward with it. Yes, video is great and I still think YouTube's going to be around, you know, YouTube's such an incredible platform but if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you have a podcast, I say keep going steam ahead. Like people are really love a podcast, especially because people are so busy and never and they want to be able to multitask and even though we know the brain cannot multitask we're still going to try and do it anyway right so the idea of a podcast and people being able to listen in and do the wash at the same time or you know do their workout or whatever maybe you're listening to this in the gym right now that's going to stay so I'd say go 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 with the podcast if you're thinking about that number 19 this is a prediction that I this is you know maybe one of the riskier ones but I'm going to go with it because I I feel it in my gut and I'm the data is kind of telling me so. So Black Friday, I think, this November is going to be big. I think it's going to be a month long, probably, especially if you're in the US. I'm in the UK. 
And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it is anyway, you know, if you think about the Amazons and stuff, they start in what, September or something. But in terms of businesses and small businesses, I think people are going to go for a way longer time period. And I think they're going to do really well. I am a person who, for small businesses, are actually quite into Black Friday. I know there's a huge debate on it, but I think it's a, from a sales psychology perspective, is, oh, hang on, I need to preference this. I'm not saying in terms of getting people to buy, what I'm saying is the market as a whole is so primed ready to buy that you can piggyback off the market and that other massive companies are paying for in terms of getting people aware, getting people aware if they have a problem, getting people ready to buy, that small businesses can really benefit from this whole optimization of people are buying anyway. Because once people's made a purchase, if they are on a purchasing roll, they'll buy from you so much easier than if you've got to like start from zero. So my view of Black Friday, and again, this can be an episode, is quite a positive one. Or if you want to do like Small Business Saturday, but I think your people are going to do well this Black Friday. So if you... Like now's the time to start planning your Black Friday offering or thinking about it or working out what you're going to do. I really think it would it makes sense for people to kind of lean into that and I don't think it's going to go anywhere. And again, that's something you can choose to do. I'm just putting it out here to tell you what I think. It's up to you whether you actually decide you're going to do it or not. But yeah, that's my thought on that. Trend prediction number 20 is there's going to be a real shift in like testimonials and people like buying from social proof. So, you know, for the last however many years, everyone loves a testimonial. They want to see a video from people. They're really like motivated to kind of finally pull the trigger on that. If they're like humming and ah, and that used to be the thing that would kind of help people to make that decision. I think that's really going to shift. I think people are switched off. People are bored. Like, I don't read them. Like, if I'm buying something, I never read them, which I know I probably should, but I just don't because I'm not interested because I know they're, like, the best of the best or it's not really... They don't tend to put, like, a true representation of what it is that they're actually... You know, like, who's the average client? Like, it's not. So, for me, I often think, oh, that's a load of bullshit anyway, which is ridiculous because, you know, I have testimonies and case studies and that's not the case. Like, we have a, a massively high rate of um, success and stuff, but you just naturally, anyway, even though I'm in, you know, know that that's not the case, I still think the way that you maybe think as well as a consumer. So, what is the kind of result of that? Well, I think what's going to happen is people are just gonna gonna want to know personalized success pathway path ugh, personalized success pathway options. What I mean by that is people are gonna want to know like this is what you will definitely get. This is what might happen, and this is what I think could happen, or this is what's most realistically gonna happen. And people understanding that. So, and this is why I'm saying that like sales skills are going to become more and more important because people are going to want to speak to people. So it might be that, and I mentioned this before, people are going to end up with like sales teams and there's such a huge market for someone to create a really killer sales team agency because it's just, you know, there's such a market for it. People are asking, am I going to do it? No, I'm not. Nope, don't want to do it. (laughs) But someone is going to make a fucking lot of money from doing that or many people will if you can get it going well so yeah people are going to want to know like what does this mean for me what is this program like what's this two grand learning experience what is the outcome for me and my business that's what people are going to want to know they're not going to be interested in knowing about Sarah down the street or so and so here and so and so person there and this person who did this like they're going to want to know what does it mean for me 
And so that's going to mean that sales skills are going to be really important. Things like video sales letters going to come huge again, like all going to come back around. Like, and this is what's funny, right? Because it's just trends and <laughs> it's like cyclical trends that come round and go. And yeah, I would just be prepared for the fact that like having a video testimony of someone's not going to be enough. It's going to be people you know, you, you're going to have that still. Like some p- people will want to see that, but a lot of people are going to want to know what does it mean for them specifically. The final trend that I'm sharing with you today is trend number 21. And this is an interesting one, but I really think that traditional networking is going to make more of a comeback. And what I mean by that is like expanding your network and really looking at like knowing people rather than just like following random people online. So like for many years, there's been this shift where like people are not really actually that interested in knowing people. (laughs) They were just like following people because they felt like they knew them anyway. So it was like, just follow these people, maybe have a chat on Instagram and like they kind of knew them a bit of like a friend. I think there's going to be a real shift where people are going to go back to like actually trying to get to know people and actually building a network of people and really like learning what the options are for them. And like, expanding and referral and like referrals is going to become much more prominent I believe and kind of more like traditional business which I'm not against like I think it's quite good and I think it'll be interesting to see how the online world reacts to that but I really do see that being a big thing. So those are my 21 trend predictions for the rest of 22. I've just realised I should have done 22 shouldn't I and then it could have been like 22 trend predictions for 2022 never thought about that oh well hey ho (laughs) those were 21 and I hope that's been interesting to you I hope you found it useful I hope maybe that sparked something in you and given you some kind of options for things to look at in your business maybe as I say I mean there's loads there's hundreds but those are kind of the main ones that I think and as I said a lot of them you might be like yeah this is already happening and like yeah it is because these were a lot of the stuff I'm saying on here was the stuff that I said at the start of the end of last year for the whole year but yeah that's all for today's episode I hope you've enjoyed it please review the podcast if you like it or share it on social I love it when you share it on social and tag me I'm at underscore on instagram I'm james on linkedin you can just you can find me but um I'll speak to you soon and if you think I've missed any feel free to let me know and have a chat. I'd love to chat with you. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Honest Business Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you are subscribed. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others and leave a rating and review. To catch up with all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at may.james underscore, where I share the raw, uncut, behind the scenes reality of what running multiple businesses every day truly looks like. As always, links and any resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes below. That's all for this episode and I look forward to seeing you next time.